don't you put them to bed? I did. They just keep popping back out. They missed their mother, Michael. They're out of control. They spilled some coke, Amy. Get it in a minute. In a minute? It is soaking into the rock. Don't yell at me. I am working overtime to help you out. Okay. Where are the paper towels? There are no paper towels. Jesus Christ, I am in a crisis here. I need some help. I need someone that can look around the house. And when there are no paper towels, they go to a goddamn store and buy some paper towels. I mean, how many goddamn stars do you pass on the way home from school that are filled with paper towels? I need someone to use a little common sense around here. Yeah, I guess I'm responsible for this one, right? I think so. You're the one who brought up uh, Harry Andy Garcia. I did. I'm proud of that, strangely. Uh, you know, I, I was really bad at the intro last week, and I think because I was introducing your movie, but it's like you wanted me to come hat in hand uh, and just be agreeable from the jump, because you had a little bit of a, a hint how I felt about Colossal. Uh, I don't know uh, if you are aware of my, you know, Letterbox review for When a Man Loves a Woman, where I fall on this one. I did not. I did, did not take a look. I didn't want to cheat. I wanted to be surprised okay. here. All right. So yeah, this this came about from our episode last week, uh, where I don't even know how we got on the the side tangent. I think we were talking about uh, roles that uh, movie stars will or will not take, and we were kind of giving props to Jason Sudeikis in Colossal for for playing a reprehensible version of apparently you, if you were given great power and great responsibility. And uh, Andy Garcia came up as a, a man who is always off to the side. Uh, and I guess one way to put it would be in keeping with the, uh, the chosen film, when a man loves a woman, he's enabling uh, movie stars to give showier performances, to give the movie star performance in this case, Meg Ryan as an alcoholic woman uh, trying to rehabilitate herself and get control of her, her life or her family situation. But uh, yeah, that spun off. Is she actively trying, or has she been forced after being drunkenly attacking her children and falling through glass? I think she reached she reached the point where someone had to step in. I don't know if she's. Well, I'm giving her the credit of uh, you know once she's there, she seems to really embrace the uh, the lifestyle, right? She she embraces the uh, the accountability and the, and the steps that she has to go on. So uh, I'll just start us off with, <laughs> with with my podcast for this because I don't know where you're going, uh, but I actually found one on When a Man Loves a Woman, and the, the podcast itself uh, is very much befitting our, our theme because one of the actors that was, was brought up in that conversation between us uh, was Philip Seymour Hoffman. As, as a guy who was kind of known as a character actor before, uh, you know, he won an Oscar and he did have some lead roles and stuff like the master, some of his work with Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, so this podcast is called, uh, PS I love Hoffman. He, and he and he has a big line in this scene, ringing you out at the end of an evening is less fun than it used to be, which is not just your ordinary, like line, like I'm getting sick of this. It's like, it's something heavily talked about in this film is just he's slightly an an enabler and you know just that early magic and that fun you know she's a fun person yeah i wouldn't go as far as say he's an enabler or you know just like someone that he he knew something was up he wasn't in tune enough like he says later in the film like he didn't listen enough yeah 
Um, one thing before we like leave this brief Mexican scene, mm-hmm. is he has another weird like sex line that creeps me out. Okay. Well, the weird line is like uh, he whispers, "Like I found some guy to watch us have sex on the beach." He doesn't even say tape or film. Oh, like, I totally like just didn't hear that line correctly. I thought he was just saying like. Let's, I thought he, I th- like I thought you said let's go have wine and sex on the beach or something like. That. No, he said he found a guy to, and and then uh. she goes a local. Like I <laughs> hope they're kidding. I hope this is like that beginning She's got banter a taste thing for Spanish. But like, what what does she? Do they enjoy this because they had the videotape thing earlier? Yeah, I don't know. People, you're allowed to enjoy whatever you want. That's okay. It just it was a weird beat that they yeah, kept hitting sure. on in the film. Like it, like you said, like the not too many light moments here. But all the light moments were about people watching them have sex. So. Yeah, hey, whatever floats your boat. Hey, I mean, those are, I guess, the good parts. When a there. man loves a woman. Yeah, when a man loves a woman, he'll pay a local Mexican. He'll pay a local <laughs> to film him on the beach having sex with his wife. It doesn't even say film, those though. Are the next words. You know, I'm sure you've come across podcasts like this before where they go through the entire catalog of I mean, an actor's very work. Keanu one, isn't there? The Piano Reeves podcast I've seen. We did use that on a on a Marcus played episode, so of course now it's very popular because because we used it and we put that episode up uh, on Patreon behind a paywall. So <laughs> a lot a lot of good that did them. This one is on when a man loves a woman because he has a very brief uh, supporting role as one of the recovering alcoholics, uh, yes. recovering addicts. And uh, I don't know how you felt watching it in this this podcast. They kind of talked about being slightly uncomfortable, given because they're recording these. This episode actually came out in May of 2017, but it's after his passing, and uh, because of his struggle with addiction. Uh, so that was their their topic. Uh, that was how they approached Philip Seymour Hoffman's role. Uh, but they did mention, and here's where I'll get into some of the silliness that I like. Uh, their focus primarily on Andy Garcia and what his character is enabling is a lot of, well, I won't say a lot of, uh, a healthy and fun sex life with his party animal wife. That was, <laughs> and so that's the focus there. <laughs> that, that he's when constantly it, when, getting her drunk so that they can fuck crazy all the time. Uh, I don't think that was their point of view. I don't know if it's the movies either, uh, because I think it kind of sneaks up on you. Uh, because he, I mean, when you're introduced to them, the uh, the meet cute in th- this movie is him picking her up uh, at a, not a bar, I guess, just a restaurant, right? Because it's like the middle of the afternoon. I don't, I don't and know. She's if getting it, sloshed, of course. <laughs> she's treating it like a bar. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's like a diner, well, and she's over there, like, yeah. <laughs> smashing beers down. Which is, is, you know, it's something we've we've seen uh, before. Uh, there was a, a movie with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Four Christmases. Is that? That's it. Yep. Yes, and I think the opening sequence there is he he picks her up at a bar. They're they're already a couple, but they you know they're doing a bit of role play in public. So you have that. You uh you have uh, the trailer moment because um, I went back and I wanted to see how they marketed <laughs> this movie and one of the things the trailer really wanted to get across to the the male population is there a sequence there's a sequence where Meg Ryan is screaming at her her neighbors on the street to uh one of them to shut off the car alarm because uh some people are trying to have sex up here and yeah I think they I think they were really trying to put out there like hey this is Meg Ryan as you've not seen her before and boy were those people in for a rather sad affair but yeah i like this podcast because they emphasize the the hits they knew their audience they knew me and they knew that i want to hear about all the sex stuff so that's the clip i'm using 
Wow. We, 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 I thought we were going to get into this serious discussion about uh, the enabling of alcoholism. No, and, uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman and his uh, untimely passing. I, I I mean, I guess Inside Baseball, I sent you a text. I, w- I was kind of well, not put off by it, but I was like, ooh, this is going to be an interesting uh, sort of subtext here with Philip Seymour Hoffman playing the recovering drunk and all that stuff. But okay, we can talk about sex instead. I'm game. You can you can bring the uh, the very special uh, episode moment later. I, I assume, or neither one of us is going to touch it, and we're going to get the wrong the wrong read of this movie. <laughs> and, and you know, you t- you touch on Meg Ryan though, and my understand. So <laughs> this is kind of funny. My understanding of this episode, we're going to talk about like guys who were, or guys and gals who were could have been movie stars, could have been massive. But mm-hmm. never really got there like Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia is more of a character guy or mm-hmm. more of a second banana where, but he's got the looks. He's definitely got the chops and he, you know, he's got everything going for him, but he never became, you know, Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or something like that. Right. But I think that the focus that you're putting on here with Meg Ryan being, as you've never seen her before, she was a true star, right? Um, at, you know, with her rom com and very girl next door. Uh, persona that she built off of when Harry met Sally and your favorite uh, about the emails and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How dare you? Nora Ephron. I can't believe you would attack her. One of, one of your favorite screenwriters. I love her. I love Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, it's interesting that here she does, you know, definitely veer wide left from her, uh, her sweet persona and goes into this like drunken, also sex crazed. A little bit, you know. She's constantly like on him, but he is Andy Garcia. So, I mean, who's not going to be jumping all over him? Well, okay. And initially, do you even think that? Or because I, I, I'm now I did see this movie. I think I mentioned it uh, when we were talking about it last week. Where I watched it as like probably like a twelve or thirteen year old, and it's not for me, right? Like it's at that age, you're not going to watch a, a right. melodrama about a, a fractured marriage or alcoholism at that point. So, watching now as an adult. I, I thought they were just setting us up like, oh, here's some good times. Like, you can see how things get out of control because she has a lot of fun. She has a scene later on where she says, I don't, I don't know if my husband's going to like being around me anymore because I'm not, like, I'm not going to be that person. I can't be like that up anymore because I don't right. have, you know, the, the thing that I was dependent on to, to, to be that excitable, to be that, that fresh because, she also had to have, uh, naturally, uh, a lot of downtime, you know, the, the, the body fighting off the, the poison. And, uh, for whatever reason, Garcia has accepted it, his character up to this, this point. And there, there's kind of some accusations lobbed that, you know, maybe he, he likes being the caretaker role. He, he likes having that, that sort of power over her. I, I didn't, as I'm watching the movie, I wasn't reading in that his character was totally an enabler. Uh, it wasn't until like kind of later on, like, <laughs> and there's a, I, I do, I, I've got to use this clip here because one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time is Keeping the Faith with uh, Edward Norton and Ben Stiller. And there's a scene where Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman go to the movies. Uh, it doesn't really line up as far as the, the actual time period, if it's a modern day setting, because apparently the movie they go to see is When Man Loves a Woman, because... Ooh. The, the sequence you're watching is them being kind of uncomfortable for other reasons that are happening in that, that movie. They're, they're trying to keep their romance hidden, Ben Stiller and Jenna Elfman. Uh, so you don't actually see the movie that they're, they're going to see. You just hear the, the sound and them sitting there uncomfortably. Uh, and the, the clip that's playing 
is Andy Garcia having a complete, uh, on a scale of one to ten, an eleven meltdown over paper towels and attacking, <laughs> attacking the the help. And I knew what this that clip was in reference to, and I always thought that he was attacking Meg Ryan, like justifiably. But justifiably, okay. <laughs> well, okay. If you if you know, like I said, like my memories of it is like a twelve or thirteen year old. I'm like, okay, that was one where she was an alcoholic. I thought. <laughs> watching keeping the faith a hundred times oh that must be a scene where she's like uh you know i don't know she's created a complete mess in the house yeah uh she's put her children in danger or something and he's trying to clean up and the, the breaking point of all things is the paper towels <laughs> now watching as an adult he's attacking a poor woman who's probably being paid like you know 10 bucks an hour to to watch his kids andy garcia i, I like this this is getting back to our main point this is not like a Tom Cruise role because I don't, he's not like a totally likable character. Like, it's not like he handles it with grace and dignity. Like, he's this solemn, stoic, heroic figure. Like, even something as simple as like finding paper towels, the dude can't, he can't handle it. No. Like, he, he's not, yeah. there's not been an expectation that he's going to pick up on like little details of his life. He's just there to make sure she recovers from a hangover and that's it. And I like that, you know, you bring up Tom Cruise and, and all that. I think that Tom Cruise, for his career, he's, he's, played it very safe he's always the hero he never dies all this stuff i mean he has maybe the ones and twos um in there but typically well, even something like eyes wide shut right Which yes offbeat he's still the the you know quote-unquote he's the wronged man did you just in that instance, hit your quota like you have to bring up eyes wide shut <laughs> i fucking love eyes wide shut it's man so many I podcasts. Love- <laughs> <laughs> but at least andy garcia took the chance here right because he is showing a very fallible nature, right? He is kind of controlling. He's not dealing with the stress well. Um, he ends up being the one who really needs recovery. Uh, you know, yes, she needs it, and she goes through it, and she deals with her demons with the bottle, but he it, it, he has a harder time understanding that he has a problem than she does. And obviously, it's a little more overt with her, where, I mean, she's falling through glass and beating the kids. You can't, you can't really... Um, escape that you know you can't hide that as well but she he is uh he definitely has control issues and and certain things like that i mean you know it's interesting that he accepted this role and is this something that our society holds against our movie stars you know what i mean like does he is this what held andy garcia back because i think that i mean like we said earlier he's got basically all the tools you know from the looks so the amazing chest hair, which allowed me Back to drop hair as well, <laughs> which the podcast that I brought to the table this is how I'm doing it. <laughs> Here we go. Here's the serious one is bald move prestige podcast, bald move. So, you know, I'm not trying to take a pot shot here, but uh, they're talking about bad rain. Did you ever see that with Michael, uh, Michael Douglas, Andy Garcia in there? No, no, I've not seen this. And these guys do the Lord's work here uh, on bad move and go into this whole tirade about Andy Garcia's glorious body hair. Uh, but it's the first time in the movie, like, okay, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of on board with this revenge thing now. I've had enough yeah. of this upstart young Yakuza that wants to murder everybody. And he just fucking killed Andy Garcia and his magnificent chest hair. And he needs to die. <laughs> I didn't notice the chest hair, but how did you I, not know? Yeah. I, I, I would like to see Andy Garcia with a shirt off now. Okay. Because from what I could tell from his unbuttoned shirt, it has got, like a grizzly bear pelt. <laughs> a uh, grizzly bear pelt is is from at least his groin to the very the the, the his collarbone. Hmm. Um, I, and I'm like, that's just I that's that's crazy amount of body hair. And like, not even like 
your conventional kind of curly pubic kind of body hair. It's like it, it looked like a pelt, like a pelt. Oh, like straight, like fur, like 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 like, like I don't want to say worse because I, I like as a, as a hairy man himself, I'd be running my own my, my own self down. But like just a just an improbably solid pelt of hair, hmm. like Austin Powers esque, only more so. All right. Well, good for you, Andy. Yeah, I got to see <laughs> I got to see a picture of Andy Garcia with the shirt off now. You know, it reminded me of Alec Baldwin a little bit, you know, cuz he's a, he's another uh follically gifted man who is, you know, and by the follicles on the on the top of the head, I'm all over. And you know, he became this- too much. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I don't <laughs> or think- not enough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but what held Andy Garcia back? Is is it this choices of doing things like this? Yeah, I, I think that uh, for another podcast, I, I'm on a podcast directed by, which actually you were the, the expert guest for uh, Rob Reiner Month, which is uh, uh, is airing now. Uh, we, we covered Misery, and one of the main talking points about the, the male lead in that, played by James Caan, is, uh, oh, you couldn't get a Robert Redford type to play this role. Right. Because it is someone totally emasculated uh, and in a position of weakness, uh, physically especially. When where you start male leads, and you you don't have that here with Andy Garcia. Like he is physically capable of of handling things. Like he he oh, is yeah. not the one. He, he he's not Nicholas Cage from Leaving Las Vegas. That is just <laughs> yeah you know, can barely function. Well, she the, I think is in that role, right? She is definitely in. I the- think she I think she handles herself a little bit better than Nicholas Cage. Uh, <laughs> because the, the the sex is far more active and mobile than, than what Nicolas Cage is capable of. Wow. Like, <laughs> so, so you're giving. I think I think there's a hidden subtext here that you are giving kudos for her impressive backhand on a child. I think that you, this is where we're going, right? You, you are on Team Ryan as far as drunkards go, and you're just and and you're gonna like hide it under her sexual uh, prowess. But in reality, I think what you're ch- cheering on for is is get that little turd out of here why can't i be turned on by both you know <laughs> the, the quickness with which she uh she uh, abuses her child in that one sequence i don't want to make oh, yeah. i don't want to mislead people and think that she's just constantly just battering people left and right uh what was impressive i i would think that probably at the time of its release uh the issues people would have with it would not be andy garcia as much as it would be meg ryan because she would be the one that's like whoa this is not what i signed up for Ooh, like i don't he- know i don't know i don't know if i can agree with you here because i think that in today's woke culture the gaslighting and all that stuff or whatever gaslighting means i really don't know what the definition is but it sounds like it fits here um <laughs> you know i think that he would be pegged very diff- very hard harshly on twitter Oh, today. I'm saying in 94, okay, in 94 if people yeah. were going to see a movie, they would have more problem with Meg Ryan acting this way okay, than they would have Andy Garcia. Now, yeah, I think the, you're right. I think absolutely the conversation would be about, is he being uh, appropriate in his support? Or is it all, uh, you know, are his motives like really for her best interest or just to make his life uh, easier and more fun again, more more, more sexually active, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I think that when you're talking to someone like Tom Cruise, you're gonna you're gonna take some of the scuff marks off of the Andy Garcia character. That's right. why I'm really impressed with him. Uh, is that he just he just owns it. He just he just wears it. Uh, I don't think this is like you know, this isn't like an art house movie. This is like an old fashioned melodrama with with movie stars that they 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 used to make. Um, because Andy Garcia, he has flaws and he doesn't always like he doesn't always say the like 
absolute pure correct thing that <laughs> that Twitter would want everyone to say right. all the time. But I don't know about you, but most of the time. I agree with him. Like, you're watching a movie and you know, like, uh, you, you might be able to clean that up a little bit because you know that, okay, this is going to set uh, her off and you've probably set it in a way that's slightly offensive considering what she's going through. But as far as the actual actions of him, like, it, he, he is a man that is playing it kind of bewil- bewildered. And I don't think someone like Tom Cruise, the only time you see him bewildered is like in a Mission Impossible movie for the first like you know hour before he puts the clues together and then he beats someone senseless or you know <laughs> kicks them in the face <laughs> i love some tom uh, cruise man i i do i'm not i'm not knocking that but i i applaud andy garcia for embracing a role where he clearly is playing someone who doesn't know what to do and we we don't see that usually in our our male leads where they're like look i've i've tried my best here but i'm i'm at a loss on how to continue forward uh the only demerit i would probably give the movie is that it it has that even though this isn't a rom-com, it has that grand gesture speech at yeah, the end, yeah. which I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how you wrap this up, but I was, I was really into the movie before we got to that, that last little add on, you know, as uh great looking as Andy Garcia is Billy Crystal did it better. The Ugo, <laughs> as you claimed him to be on uh, okay. your podcast directed by, <laughs> we'll go ahead and employ it here. Uh, the Ugo that you claim him to be, um, did it ten times better. Well, that's he has to make up for his <laughs> his hideous nature, his, yes, his mulleted afro. Is that what you said? <laughs> oh, I, you know, I listened to it. I, I'll, I'll give you this compliment here on live. So, that is very rarely do I listen to a podcast at normal speed. I usually go the one point five, just because yep, you know, my here. my brain is so impressive it can process it. Um, <laughs> but I gave that show the respect that it deserved. One because I'm the expert, but two, I was genuinely interested in what you guys had to say. And the tirade that comes out of you on his <laughs> ugliness is impressive. No matter that it's this heartfelt movie about uh, about friends becoming lovers and, and the way to respect women and all this stuff. No, no, there's no way that this dude could be the New York Lothario. This ugly, chick-legged, Afro-mullet-having dude could never be him. But let, let me defend myself. And I only have one. I have one thing. That's okay. it. Fair enough. I said the beard was a good good choice. It is a good look. It's a good look for Billy Crystal. Go with the beard. Stay with the beard. And a, and a relatively well manicured beard. He doesn't have the, mm-hmm. the thing that we see today in Red Kentucky. You know, at the bar where things are just kind of all over the place. You don't see it. Boy, like that. Have you have you seen my co-host on Sober Cinema? Lately? I recorded with him a couple of weeks ago, and the cameras were on, and I saw him and his Whoa. you know <laughs> homeless Homer Simpson look <laughs> that he's got going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good, not a good time. Love the man to death, but my lord, this this crisis needs to end so that guy can get a haircut and a beard trim. Uh, I, I think this. I can actually make this come back to our topic at hand, which is you need someone with movie star looks like Andy Garcia to make this character palatable in a way. I I can't imagine. Well, first off, in tone, I can't imagine a Billy Crystal playing this role, but. I think we, we give you know we give good looking people, especially going to the movies, the benefit of the doubt. How about Philip Seymour Hoffman? You flip those roles, right? You you have because there is a underlying tone there that you know you, you come home from from a hard day's work, you're on a trip or whatever, you come home and the other guy is in the house, you know, because there is more to infidelity than sex, right? He's in there and he's befriending, and obviously they're they're together in this quest to get better from substance abuse. 
But what if the roles are reversed, right? And you, Uggo comes home. He's the great doting <laughs> husband, but he's Uggo. He comes home. You got Andy Garcia on the couch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rolling his yeah, R's you, at Meg Ryan. You are absolutely correct. I think it, and, and this is no, you know, we're not uh, trying to speak ill of the dead here with Philip Seymour Hoffman, but As I just called him Uggo. Yeah, obviously he was never uh, set up. Uh, to to be the the heartthrob, like I I don't think he ever pursued those type of roles or anything like that. So this is not outside of the norm. Uh, and at the time you wouldn't have thought anything of it because uh, you know who would who would this guy have been the the twerp from Son of a Woman at this point? Like I'm trying to think what general audience would, general audiences would have thought of uh, him showing up. Chris O'Donnell yeah, the, is that who you talk about? Hmm? O'Donnell is that who you talk about? The twerp no. instead of a woman is that no, Chris no, O'Donnell? Philip Philip Seymour Hoffman. He he was the you know he's the. I've never seen Son of a Woman. I just oh okay. Well yeah, I mean that's I I believe that is when he arrived on the scene and he he plays a you know <laughs> a really unlikable uh you know preppy kid a rich kid so yeah yeah I I wouldn't say that you're gonna love the movie if you check it out but uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is uh he, he relishes that type of role so he's pretty good there. But I think that he would have done well. I think that he's a good enough actor. They could he could have really sold the doting husband the the caring uh even though if it's flawed right of over controlling or whatever it is that Andy Garcia is doing. I think he could he's a good enough actor he could have done it and I think that that coming home piece would have been a lot better <laughs> yeah like uh I, my favorite role of his is Magnolia which is uh one of the least showy roles I think it might, it might even be the the absolute least like it's the most normal character he's ever played and it's just because he's playing a normal guy trying to do his job right like a nice decent guy in a very high stress situation uh not quirky at all even though he has you know he <laughs> he has to place an order for pornography <laughs> over the phone which I'd, i was like see I, I lean more to the talented mr ripley role that he played i i like you want uber <laughs> asshole yes give me more pompous <laughs> just oh beautiful not easy he, he's he knows the control he has over Matt Damon's character as far as uh, the socio status of it. And he relishes every moment of it. And, he, you know, um, Matt Damon in that character, he is little more than the gum under uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's shoe. And I, I love the way he just like plays with that and that, that sort of pompous tone that he takes with him. I love that stuff. The way, yeah, the way he mean mugs <laughs> Matt Damon pretty much for the entirety of uh, his character's runtime is great. I, here's a side question for you. Like, Meg Ryan could use some of that mean mugging. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we could have seen some of their, their classes and you just have them <laughs> just staring at her until she feels ashamed of herself. <laughs> do, do you, do you think this is us projecting uh, onto this, this small character, uh, important character, but a small one? Like, he has what, two scenes? Maybe yeah. three. Uh, is this us projecting given where Philip Seymour Hoffman's career went? Or do you think he's legitimately good in a very small part here? I think we're projecting here because there, he's not really given much to do. He's literally just a stand-in. He's just, he, he, he is the non-threatening because he's ugly uh, <laughs> <laughs> character that is causing a great degree of jealousy in this passionate Latino man. You know what I mean? Like he's... <laughs> He's, he's incredibly he's incredibly good looking, but he's flawed. He's got that fire in his heart for his wife. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a. Do you see that as a positive or a negative from Andy Garcia's character? Do you see him a, like his his jealousy? Is that a positive or is that a negative? Like because he's he's still very much in love with her, 
I, I mean, I side with him here. Uh, not, and not even from a, uh, cause we were talking about Andy Garcia versus Philip Seymour Hoffman, not even from a, uh, I, I'm, my, uh, partner in life is about to be taken from me by this, this ginger, uh, this, uh, very pale ginger in front of me. I, I don't even think he believes that. I, I, I think he, I think he's rightfully upset. Oh yeah. That, that he is, uh, he, he's tried to be open and he's, you know, as, you can look at it with uh, 2020 eyes and be like, okay, you can see the mistakes he's, he's making. But, uh, I think from his worldview, he thinks that he's, he's trying to do the correct thing. He's trying to be supportive. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's genuinely wounded and hurt that apparently his wife doesn't seem to enjoy his company at all. Like he is of no help to her, his presence. Uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like the normal type of jealousy. So I, I mean, I think, I don't remember, like I tried to look this up. This was like a, uh, this came out, I think in the spring. Uh, so this wasn't even like an Oscar Beatty uh, no, type thing. This at is least a back summer then. hit for uh, yeah, <laughs> for ninety four, ninety five, whatever um, it was. But like, I, I am kind of surprised that the people like I, I guess ninety four was a very competitive year. But uh, Andy Garcia uh, got no awards attention for this, and neither did Meg Ryan, which maybe would have been more the expectation uh, at that time because it's Meg Ryan uh, yeah. Breaking Bad in a way. But no, he's 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 great in those. Those sequences. I side with him as well. I think you, you you bring up a point. I side from him from a point of disrespect. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's the man's home. It's kind of I don't know. Like, <laughs> careful. We were, we are podcasting in 2020. Here we. No, well, it's <laughs> their home. He's out on a trip. You know what I mean? He's coming home from work, bringing home the bacon. She's doing her thing, and there's a dude on the couch. Like, I don't know. Seems like so. I don't know. Maybe I'm old fashioned. I come home and there's some dude on the couch talking to my old lady. I don't know. Well, there's an intimacy there between the two of them, obviously. Yeah, they're the, close. The shared experience that they, they but they're had. physically close, right? They're like they're 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 not having a conversation from one couch to the other. They're a foot <laughs> apart. I, I like the social distancing you're doing with <laughs> when you walk in and a man's in your home, yeah, and, and he's on top of her. Like back away, Philip Seymour. I don't care how ugly you are. Back away. Do you, do you think that scene is necessary uh, to kind of push us to to a, a climax with these two with their relationship? Because uh, that's that's something that you can easily see uh, his side of it, where his his sort of world is has changed, as opposed to if she just came back and just was off, if she just wasn't herself. That that's that doesn't really function as well in a movie, does it? Because it's like that 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 is a slow burn. Yeah, of just realizing. Long. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely the crux, right? Because you can only take uh, so much of Andy Garcia being spurned sexually, you know. Uh, Once is enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look. <laughs> Andy Garcia's over there pouring up like a martini or something. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> she just got home from rehab and he's he's he's, he's lining up the Jameson shots because he, he's gotten shot down by, uh, by Meg Ryan. I was like, do you not see... <laughs> what is in front of you in this glorious chest hair of a, of a man um as our bald movie a bald move podcast has uh has brought to us <laughs> that is worth a uh subscribe just on the uh the title alone i was trying to see what uh, i'm pulling it up here what he followed this this up with uh actually shout out to my co-host on uh, a podcast directed by because I, I mentioned him this is what we were 
going to be covering on Marcus Blade while I was watching uh, kind of our conversation, because uh, I'm sure he doesn't listen. You know, he's not that good of a friend to, no. to get the, the preview at the end of our great Colossal episode. Uh, and I, I was lamenting to him, like, hey, what happened to Andy Garcia? Because I, you know, I could think of, as we mentioned, Ocean's Eleven, but I'm like, you know, we still have a back half of the 90s. And he, he, he got it with a bullet. He, the very next film was Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. And he goes, that was it. And I, I don't have much of my memories of this one. I may have seen some of it on uh, VHS way back in the day. Uh, but he, he found this movie so reprehensibly bad <laughs> that he said this was a career-worthy death uh, that he apparently, really? my co-host Dave, sanctioned. He, he, he despised this movie so much that uh, he said, yeah, that that was the end of it for him. And I, I don't know, that Still is- Big, Still Little, Night Falls on Manhattan, Hoodlum is good. Death in Granada. Hoodlum, 1997, but yet again, he, oh, he's the, uh, uh, obviously he's a secondary character here, but, uh, an important one, but, uh, man, he's on the poster. He's even like, his face isn't as big as Tim Roth for Hoodlum. Ooh. What is happening here in this world? That's crazy. How dare yeah. you put Tim Roth for, you know, that, that things that do in Denver where you're dead, that was peak, uh, rip off of Pulp Fiction, you know, like right as Pulp Fiction was taking the world by storm and Tarantino's script and stuff. Things to do in Devon, you dead is one of those things that that falls right into the category of of those rip off movies that came out. Um, I don't know if giving him a death there is uh, is is really a thing because I don't know. That does sound like a uh, good lead into a uh, a podcast we didn't absolutely record last summer on the cult of Tarantino. <laughs> We could throw out into the there. Feed. You go, throw it out there <laughs> to, to give us a little buffer. Uh, I don't know. I like I said, I don't have much memory of it. But uh, your argument here with the uh, sort of the the Tarantino ripoffs being plentiful, bountiful in the mid nineties. Yeah, I don't know why we would single out uh, Dave from a podcast directed by us saying Andy Garcia deserves the brunt of those crimes <laughs> <laughs> from the mid nineties. Hey, he made a big comeback with Mamma Mia. Here we go again in twenty eighteen. But he didn't even get the uh, the love of uh, was it Pierce Brosnan? I haven't seen the, that. The, I refuse to watch that nonsense. There's too much singing and dancing there. No, thank you. But I felt like he got the uh, the publicity, uh, not in a good way for for his bad singing. Uh, that's all I remember hearing about it. I didn't Brosnan? know that. Uh, yeah, Brosnan. I didn't Brosnan's know another one. I mean, he did his James Bond thing, but other than James Bond, I do like the Thomas Crown Affair. But is Pierce Brosnan? A star. I mean, he has the the true good looks. He's got the accent that everybody loves. He's a good actor. Um, I liked him in um, The Foreigner. Did you see that with Jackie Chan? No, I remember that being an oddball pick from you. Like when it came out that you were harping on me for like two weeks to check this out. And I'm looking at the poster and I'm like, what? I, I, I thought it was a troll job. I'm like, what is this nonsense? That That does not seem like something I need to get out to see. Um, I think no. It's it's less action. It's more. Um, it's I'll put it like this. It's closer to Patriot Games than it is to um, Rush Hour. I have been on an early '90s action movie kick. Like I checked out Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, great movies. Uh, the Fugitive. No, granted, uh, that those are all Harrison Ford joints. So you know this doesn't have Harrison Ford. That's already that's a big knock against it. Can't I think, really, I think that can't be helped. You are quarantined. You have nothing better to do. Why don't you watch The Foreigner? Do you want to pick that? Is there our next one Let's that we it. record? I love but that movie. You, I thought it was you great. Got, you got a uh, approach. You've seen it. So, I mean, what, what could be a topic we could uh, discuss with this one? So, what about uh, – so, Jackie, in this movie, Jackie Chan is aging a little bit, right? And he's he's venturing off a little bit. He's, it's more of a serious role, you know, I, and I won't spoil why. 
But you know what it reminds me of is when Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, finishes governor governor run and he tries to do a little bit more serious stuff. Like what's that Maggie thing with the the zombie yeah, the zombie daughter. I but think. he made a few films like that where he he went from this larger than life literally action star he was the king of hollywood for many years and just being these these ridiculously dumb things to trying to venture into this serious stuff another one that, that strikes me with that is jim carrey right he had his his hooks in um that that slapstick comedy and then he tries to do some really serious fare with mixed success right i mean uh he was very successful in the michelle gondry film um Eternal Sunshine. Oh, The Spotless Mind. That's, yeah, but then he was in that like weird horror movie, 26, 27, 28, 29. I don't know what it's called. One of those numbers. I didn't. I never saw it, but yeah. So uh, what I about like, something a... like that, where we talk about like uh, actors you know, go, veering off the beaten path, kind of piggybacking off of uh, Meg Ryan doing it here? Okay. Right? So a uh, change of pace yep. type thing change of pace. actors. Okay. Change of pace. Sounds good. Give the foreigner a try. All right. That will be our... Uh, our, our central movie like this one was uh, yeah. for the topic. So yeah, I will, this will be a first time watch and I'll, I'll see what the uh, podcast landscape can uh, give me as far as uh, actors doing a change of pace. I'll try to come up with another one. Cause you, you mentioned a couple of good ones here, but no promises. I may just uh, piggyback and uh, we'll have to coordinate like which one of us is using Arnold or which one's using Jim Carrey. Cause I'm very lazy that way. Okay. Sounds good. By the way, streaming for free on Netflix. So there you go. All right. Sold. Good. Done.